Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Poop. Insightful BS by my Laker teammates and NBA legends, and we got the, the probably the tallest legend that's ever been on here. Welcome, Ralph Sampson. How are you, sir? Hey, man, no, the, 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 only Mark Gaten, maybe Mark, not Mark Gaten, but probably Manu Bowl would be the tallest he deceased. So I, I'm, uh, I'm definitely your tallest. I'm well, definitely let's put tallest, living, sure. the living legend that's still alive. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. <laughs> What's going on? How are you? I am wonderful, Ralph. Thank you, first of all, for uh, uh, agreeing to do this, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I always enjoy talking to you. Got a chance to see you two weeks ago in Chicago. And Ralph, you know what? You're one of my favorite people, man. I mean, you know, I came out and found you, and I just had to, you know, rub your head a little bit. So it's all good. Now, we we, we built a relationship on the court, but off the court as well. So it's been always good to see you. When I see, when I know I say Michael Cooper's in the building, I got to find you. It's all good. Yeah, okay, Ralph. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm usually the darkest, skinniest guy there. That's right. Well, I mean, I'm, you, know, you, you got me by a shade or two, but I'm taller than you. So I'm, we, we're both in that dark category. So it's good. <laughs> Ralph, let's get started real quick. Uh, thank you for the time you've given us. Uh, what was it like growing up for you, always being tall? Uh, you know, I was uh, six, seven in the ninth grade. Wow. And uh, I, I, I didn't like basketball. No. I pitched. You're the baseball I pitched, player. You know, my, 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 my mother played softball. My uncle played baseball. And I pitched. So I guess I grew my sidearm start hitting batters. <laughs> you threw so they said, you're throwing too hard. You're throwing too hard. So we're going to move you to first base. And I moved to first base. And. I was so tall that they would throw the ball and I would catch it with my ungloved hand. My mom said, look, dude, don't break your freaking hand. So they moved me to left field. I'm like, ain't no way I'm going to wait out here and catch a ball. Only because basketball in my hometown, we can only score 16 points a game on an eight-foot basket. I'm already 6'2". I mean, you know, I mean, wow. that doesn't work. So I'm getting all the rebounds in the first quarter. I got 16 points. So I got to catch. That was boring. So uh, after going to the outfield, I just took the basketball at that point in time. And, you know, I have to grow every year. But. Baseball was my first love. Basketball came, and then I got you know pretty good at it and worked at it at that point in time. But it was fun to be tall in this neighborhood, and then also every year, what shoe size? You know how you go back to school uh-huh. and they say, "Well, how tall you are this year?" And what's your shoe size? So my shoe size was 17, 17 and every year would be another shoe size. I'm like, okay, great. But it was fun. We enjoyed it, and the community embraced it as well. And the best part about it, my mother was an accountant at a pants factory. So we got all my clothes made at the pants factory. I couldn't find shoes, but I could find pants. So that's a good thing for you because I always was giving me hand-me-downs. I didn't start growing until I was like in 11th to 12th grade is when I started getting my height uh, back then. And I always remember, Ralph, is that, uh, you know, I come from a pretty large, well, my immediate family is my mom and my brother, but I grew up with my grandmother. She had 10 kids and they had kids. So I grew up in a family of 15. So I was giving me hand-me-downs and, uh, second, second two, but you know that it, it makes you work harder for uh, the love of life and the love of the game. Oh, it does that. But I, I understand. My, on my mother's side, it was twelve siblings: three girls, wow. nine boys. All of my uncles were in World War II, so you know the discipline, of work ethic was there. And then we had all on two different cousins' side. Each of them had sixteen. So in the neighborhood we grew up, you couldn't date a girl because she was your second cousin. So you know you. <laughs> <laughs> you had other 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 things you had to go out and do, but it was a small community, but we had fun, but we had a lot of cousins, a lot of support. So I understand that big family. Wow. Give me two things that your, your parents gave you or told you that you still hold dear to you today. Oh, wow. Uh, 
work ethic uh, is one. You see a picture in the back. That's my father. He just passed away about two months ago. He worked till he was 80 years old. Wow. And then uh, 10 years before that, he had uh, lung cancer, prostate, got him fixed, and they had no no medication, no nothing. So, uh, and my dad still worked. He, he took chemo. He took, you know, radiation and only missed two days of work during this eight, nine, 10 weeks process, right? Yeah. And I was with him every day. So I, I saw that. I said, man, you know, because I told him, he said, years ago, got the MBA, dude, you, you can quit working. You got to work. And he said, look, uh, I worked all this long. And if I don't work, I got to find something to do. Somebody will work. But they gave him a cushy job for the city and didn't work too hard. And I realized that and it kept me alive. So I saw that in him early at an early age. I saw that my mom at an early age. But that day is still, I mean, you had to get up at seven, uh, five o'clock in the morning, go work on the farm and, and bell hay, you know, and stuff like that. So the work ethic was there. So I think work ethic showed me one. And then the respect of, uh, of the community, my, 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 we had my dad's uh, service. We had about 150 cards, about 200 flowers delivered to my mom and dad's house. And uh, they did all that. So it was showing me even more after he's passing what it means to be Ralph Sampson Jr. because he's Ralph Sampson Sr. But work ethic and, and, and respect the people, you know, respect the people around you were the biggest two things that I think my mom and dad taught me. You know what, Ralph, and, and my mom and dad passed away. My mom passed away. I was very close to her. I, I knew my dad, but didn't know him. Um, but my mom passed away about two years ago. And yeah. um, if there was one thing, the one thing I missed the most is picking up the phone and calling her. What do you miss yeah, about yeah. your dad not being there? It's kind of weird because I'm actually, uh, I'm sitting in, I bought it, I'm in a chair right now, which I come to actually the first time I really sit in this chair. I bought him a chair before he passed and never came home to sit in the chair because he's sitting in this room and this was his room. Uh-huh. And when I come home, because, you know, I live in Charlotte, when I come home, I think he's still here. Uh, you know, so I come in and I can hear his voice. So I go in his room. I may smell his clothes a little bit, just kind of just get out of my system. But I really, through this process, it was kind of weird because um, it was one night in the hospital. I'll never forget. I tell my sisters all the time. And I stayed in the hospital 21 straight days with him, got him back to, to the rehab center. And he was he was dreaming. And he was reaching up and he was saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, hey, George's brother. Hey, I'm like, oh, shit. Was he dreaming or, or did he die? And I'm with him. you know. So I'm like, okay, I was asleep, too. So then he came, he called me Junior, said, hey, he woke up and said, you know, am I, dead? am I dying? I said, no, Dad, you're not down, but you're going to if you don't eat. So he ate up everything that night. And so just, just think about it, you laying there in the hospital and your dad's asking you, is he dying and or is he dreaming? So I'm like, okay, great. So really surreal for me. So I fed him anything he wanted. Then I left the hospital for a couple hours after I went to sleep. I'm like, oh shit, this is, you know, this, what is this thing? So I had to regroup, but I started to realize what it was all about, processing with him. So right now, I am uh, blessed to have a dad that was 86 years old that taught me the things he did, but also now celebrate him every day. I mean, so now just, I mean, I miss him, yes, but uh, he did it his way and I can't complain. I can't complain. There you go. And you know what, Ralph, it gets easier over time. So listen, you uh, go to, you find yourself at the University of Virginia. You have an outstanding career and now you get drafted the first pick in the 83 draft. What are your thoughts about going to Houston? Hey, it's Coop from the Showtime Lakers. When I was winning five titles in the 80s, I was known as the gritty guy who never took a night off. Today, I put the same hustle and grind in my business skills. If you're out in the business world grinding away like me, then you need the tools that help do the work for you. My most valuable business asset comes from Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. 
Let me tell you why Shopify is my MVP in business. One, forget the off-season work. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Two, whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it's time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform that simplifies commerce for millions of business worldwide. Three, with Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build the relationships that create diehard fans. Four, Shopify fills all the sales channels to grow a winning business from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. Even across social media, platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is on your team every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world score their first sale with Shopify, and you can too. Shopify is a secret to becoming a business champion by making it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, taking the guesswork out of selling. When you're ready to take your winning idea to the world, team up with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Try out Shopify for free today and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash showtime, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash showtime to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash showtime. You, uh, go to, you find yourself at the University of Virginia. You have an outstanding career, and now you get drafted the first pick in the 83 draft. What are your thoughts about going to Houston? Well, you know, we were following it from uh, high school. So, you know, with uh, a lovely Red Arc right between my uh, high school senior and freshman at UVA, Red Arbeck and the crew, when you can, uh, Cedric Maxwell always tell me the story, like, oh, Red wanted me and Larry to come down and, 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 and bring this million dollars in his briefcase and you come to recruit me to come out of school. And uh, Mac, you know, Max says, Max says, Shit, well, give me the million dollars first and I don't need to come down and recruit anybody else. I can play, so. So he tell the story on his podcast. It was great, but the Larry didn't come. But so I knew at that point in time, you know, I, I was pretty good, but I needed to develop because I was only 195 pounds soaking wet. But um, you know, and then every year I had the chance to come out of school uh, from my freshman high school freshman sophomore, junior sophomore year, sophomore and junior year of college. And I always tell a story, and you, you you can remember some of this. So one year with Isaiah Thomas going to Detroit, and and you know, with there wasn't any cell phone that points out, but me and Zeke knew each other from, you know, 1979 class and, you know, Worthy was 1970 class, where the Dominique was 1979 class. So we did all these barnstorming tournaments, et cetera. So we had Antoine cars, so the name goes on. So we exchanged numbers. So Isaiah would call and say, are you going or not? Because that's making sure I'm going, because I want to go to number one. I said, okay, I don't know yet. And then, <laughs> so I, I stay, he go to Detroit. The next year, Worthy, you know, we're doing the same thing. You're going, you come in, I stay, he goes to LA. Then I was there, I come out my senior year because you know I had a flip, coin flip. Now you know I would I, I told Magic one time I said look you know if I known for sure what I know now about the NBA I'd have damn sure came out and played with you Kareem and Worthy <laughs> might not have been there but I'd have played with y'all for sure because that that's that was my love because Bust and Magic like let's let's trade for you I said y'all y'all trade I'm in but it was fun we knew we was gonna be number one but I had to work my tail off every year more to realize I can graduate and to get my body ready for the. You know, you know, the league back in that day was, you know, you, you came rain down, down through the middle. You oh, would get yeah. hammered and killed. And, yeah, 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 you couldn't do, couldn't do all that. You know, 7'4", 200 pounds wasn't going to cut it. 
Ralph, you know what? Just a couple of your accolades, man. You're a four-time All-Star. You were uh, MVP of the 85 All-Star Game. You were Rookie of the Year in 84, three-time National Player of the Year, three-time ACC Player of the Year. With all that on your shoulders, did you feel that weight coming into the NBA? Not at all. Um, you know, and that stems from my mom or dad. You know, if you wake up every day and just make your bed and, and uh, you know, be successful that day and you can achieve those type of things, then, you know, it, it's what I didn't – I never played to be – you know, all-star MVP. I never played to be three-time college player of the year. I never, I, I played to win, you know, I, and in most games, I can tell you in the game that we played against you, you guys sometimes how many turnovers I had, so how many points. So I always played to be good at that and not worry about the accolade at that point in time. And then it wasn't anything heavy on shoulders at all. This was, uh, uh, ironically, December 11th, uh, a couple, you know, a couple of days ago with the 40th anniversary of Virginia playing Georgetown with Patrick Ewing. They called me about this article. What I said, you know, I mean, it's a game. Okay, great. You call it a game of the decade. Okay, great. You compare it to Blue Center and Elvin. Okay, whatever y'all want to compare it to. The school made all the money, and uh, we got all the beat up. You know, we got beat up the, the whole game, so it's all good. So I just tell me, tell me the real deal. But I, I, I could care less about those accolades. I mean, I love them. They, I'm sitting in my parents' house with all the three-time college player of the year trophies. I gave it to them. And not one trophy or picture of me of basketball in my house. Uh, you're listening to Showtime with Coop. We got the one and only Ralph Sampson in the house. Ralph, we're at the point of the show where I call, I got a Coop's lightning round. I'm going to give you five okay. names. You tell me about as much or a little bit about that person, okay? Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use Promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Ralph, we're at the point of the show where I call, I got a Coop's lightning round. I'm going to give you five okay. names. You tell me about as much or a little bit about that person, okay? You got it. Bill Fitch. Captain Video. <laughs> I mean, when I, Captain Video. He had these A-track tapes. When I got to Houston, Coop, he would make me sit down right beside the summit now in Joe Osteen's church and put me up there and let me see Bird, Word, Bird, um, Parrish, and Mikhail video. Like, this is what we do. I said, man, why? I mean, why do I need to look at them? But anyway, he wanted me to understand offense, but we called him Captain Video. He sounded like Pat Riley. Uh, Akeem Elijah won. Um, I mean, I don't know what you can say about the dream, but I mean, he, he was a nightmare for a lot of folks. Uh, one of the best teammates I've ever had. Uh, even today, he comes to those shows that we attended and we'll see each other, hug each other. And I'll say, you you're the best ever. He said, no, you're the best ever. Like, okay, come on, Green, come on. You, you, you went three times, you got two championships and you gave people the blues like Shaq and David Robinson don't want to see Dream even today because they still have nightmares. Larry Bird. <laughs> you know, and you, you know this because you played Larry, you had to play him as well. Uh, I think they're tenacious, motivated, and cocky. Um, 
we had, you know, we had Robert Reed, and Robert Reed would try to beat Larry to the gym every game we played. And you couldn't do it because he was at the game early. He slept in the gym, basically. He worked out before and came back because he couldn't jump, but he was smart. He could shoot, and he was savvy. And everybody said, can Larry play in today's game? He probably, he could because he could shoot the basketball, but he would still kill people because he, he couldn't dribble, uh, but he played. But one of the best ever to play the game, obviously, but I, I still have memories of Robert Reed trying to go. I, I, I'm going to the game early. And I'm trying to beat uh, Larry to the break, Larry to the game, so, so we can disrupt the strategy. He get there, and Larry be already sweating and in the gym doing the thing, and you couldn't get in anyway. And especially in the old garden, but it's all exactly. good. Exactly, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, you got that picture behind you. So I, I've been knowing Kareem for a long, long time, and um, my first experience with Kareem when when I came and got the, my first Wooden Award, and he, uh, he, you know, got him to his, brought me to his house and. You know, he was get, had a game the next night, whatever. So we go back there and we talked about it for that standpoint. But I also met him, uh, uh, the Lakers and Virginia. I drove, they drove into D.C. I had breakfast with him one day. And so, you know, obviously the captain, the best ever to play the game at the center position, 37,000 points on the Scott Hook. You cannot, I don't care what they say about the game. And LeBron is great. I love LeBron. I love his work ethic. He's very special in this area. But how many three-point shots to cream shoot? Probably two, you know. He may made one. He fights fifty percent, maybe two. Yeah. So I make thirty-seven thousand points on free throws and and a, and one one shot. So you can compare the best ever. I mean, I love Michael, all that kind of stuff. But there's there's people that I know. Well, Bill Russell, I think is the best ever. He's talking about championships, and then they never talked about Big Will. You know. Yeah. I mean, I used to watch him play. I was younger. What, what? What? I tell Shaq all the time. I said, man, dude, what would have messed you up? He said, no, no, I'd have killed him. I said, you don't understand. What was the beast? But anyway, he was good. What was strong? Uh, last but not least, Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And you think about that, you know, every time you think about basketball, Kobe, the tragic thing that happened. But when I think about Kobe, I think about a young kid that came out of high school and wanted to be great. I mean, he, I mean, you know, his dad yelled at me. He wanted, so he had that in him, right? But wanted to be great, and he did it. Not too many people want to be great and do it. He was one, and he picked Michael Jordan's brain. He saw who was the best. He got tutored by Michael, and he did what he said he could do. And the biggest thing that I've learned from Kobe over the years was he, he would tell people, hey, look, uh, I don't need to go to dinner with you. You're opposing player. I don't need to go to dinner with you. I, I don't like you. I got to play against you. You ain't, you ain't my friend. That's the mama mentality. So I want to kill you. And then I read the story what it was, you know, had just lost the championship or won or whatever. And they go out and uh, Chris Bosch was on the Olympic team and they was trying to beat Kobe to the gym, you know, to see him, same thing, we're trying to do with Larry. Kobe's already sweating, but he just finished, you know, the playoffs. And Chris Bosch, y'all been lollygagging around, whatever. He wants to win a gold, gold medal. So the Mamba mentality is real and people yeah. need to understand that. It's real. And Kobe, special, special player. Okay, Ralph, we're going to get to the meat and the nitty-gritty of you and I's conversation right now. We're going to jump to 1986. Now, uh, 86 was a kind of a special year because we were trying to become the, one of the first teams to go back-to-back. -back. We had won in 85, and uh, you guys were playing, having a great team. You and Elijah won, Twin Towers. You had, let me name off some of your teammates, Robert Reed, Alan Level, Rodney McCray. Lewis Lloyd couldn't stand Lewis, man, but that fucker could play, man. Uh, Mitchell Wiggins, <laughs> Jim Peterson, and Craig Elo. 
You guys finished the year at 51 and 31 that year. You win the Midwest Conference, but you finally, you guys beat the, you swept Sacramento, you beat uh-huh. the Nuggets, and now you guys are playing the Los Angeles Lakers. We were, I believe, 62 and 20, something like that. I mean, we, we had it going on. We finally get a chance to see the Twin Towers. And Ralph, you know what? I've never told anybody this, but I knew we were going to lose that series. I knew we were going to uh-huh. lose it because when That's we, the first time you ever said that. I'm not messing with you. It, it is. The, uh, the, uh, when we first played you guys, we beat you guys, but through the course of that whole game, we would get you down by 18, and in about a minute or two, you guys are right back in the game. And we were very lucky to win that, and uh, unfortunately, you guys went on to beat us uh, the next four games. What are your thoughts going into that playoff series against us? You know, because that was a year, and I don't know if you guys have realized that that was a crazy year for us. Um, uh, we, we felt we were good. Bill Fitch and the organization didn't want us to go to the championship because they were holding the reins to kind of kind of to develop for the next couple of years. Because, you know, Fitch, I got my contract. I need to, you know, whatever. Then, you know, we end up losing. Um, we end up losing uh, John Lucas that year. We end up losing Lewis Lloyd that year. Uh, you know, they had some some bad habits you yeah. know, that, that carried to this team. They started the robbery was point forward. Ryan McCray was point forward. Mitchell Wiggins, you know, he was in that group, but he's made it through, right? So he, he we kept him uh, available to get what he needed to do. And so the whole situation was just we, we banded together early in the season, and we just tried to put it all together the best we could. And that's what we did. And not too many people know the internal workings of what was going on that year with us. So we did that and it was good. We play, we go to Denver. We're in a seven-game series with the Nuggets. Alex English, Kiki, all them, the whole deal. We do that. And then after all that happens, seven games, you know, mile high, you got to get your breath out there yeah. for sure. And <laughs> so we get there. That seven game, man, it came, man, it came a lot of fell out. <laughs> did y'all have oxygen on the bench too? No, we no. We, we had going to, in a lot of oxygen, did we had, uh, um, we had a Dick Banner with the train. He had this brown paper bag that you believe you breathe in. Like, what's the fuck the brown paper bag going to do for it? But anyway, we did all that. But Elo, Peterson, and the crew helped win that game for us to get the game seven. We were tired with we seven game series. We come to LA, had to play two days later. We were tired. We were drained. And I think people come from Denver would be drained anyway, come drained. And you guys, you know, kind of just jumped on us. We came back, but we didn't have no energy whatsoever. Yeah. We had a team meeting the next day. We had a day off. And then Bill Fitz, okay, great. Let's just regroup and get it done. So we had that mentality. We had rested. We had come to L.A. and we wanted to play. So the rest is history after that. And then, as I tell you and Magic, when I told you, Magic said, I still hate you for making that shot. I said, look, dude, y'all went on one. Y'all, one, you didn't have to come to Houston and pack your bags and get beat anyway and take the trip. That's one. Two, y'all jokers won the championship the next two years. So I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you. You, are you know you won a championship in the next two years. Listen, did you think you were going to make that shot? Seriously, did you think you were going to make it? What the crazy part is, me and Rodney, we came in together. I was number one pick, number three, and uh-huh. we, we would play around and let's do some crazy shots during the game and practice. And we had practice, you know, a couple of times throwing it. And we had that was a horse shot, right? The the part that did, wasn't there was Kareem. I started out the high post. I went down. He 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 didn't face guard me. He played behind me. So yeah. seven foot four, seven foot. He played behind me, and then he didn't have his hands up. Cause I, but I knew where I was at on the court, and Rodney gave the pass. So it wasn't my shot. Rodney said it was his pass. 
So we got the luck. We got the luck of the bounce, and you always try to practice those shots. But you know that night we had the luck was on our side, so we did it, and we didn't have to go back to Houston where you had to come back and get beat anyway. So it was all good. Well, <laughs> you know what? When that shot left your hand, because you know the, the iconic picture of me falling out up yes, under the yes, basket. Yes. That was I, I just when it left your hand because I was right up under the basket. I said, "This is going in. This fucker is making this shot, man." And it, went, <laughs> it went in and. Uh, so you guys beat us. Now you head to Boston. What are you guys? Uh, I mean, what's your mindset going there? Well, you know, mindset was, you know, you know, after the game, you got to meet or whatever. But then you got always a short. I mean, they, they sitting up there waiting on us. They had already their series already. They and so we got to regroup very quick. We got to get to Houston. Got the hoopla and all that kind of stuff you got to deal with on the cover of the sports page, whatever. Then you got to regroup and go to Boston. And 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 you, nobody's ready for that Boston crowd ever that first game there when they trying to win a championship right isn't that amazing off, that crowd isn't that at the old boston they park, were off the chart amazing? they were off the chart so yeah. the crowd is amazing the city's and you got to watch where you're going all the time because they they so celtic in love right back in those days for sure they celtic in love especially in the garden it was, it was crazy so fish kind of warned us what what's going to happen is that now then we go and they they beat it pretty good the first game because we weren't quite ready for that Ralph, uh, Daniel, I, listen to the Ralph. So we got Ralph Sampson here. Ralph, a couple more questions. I know you're, you're a busy man, and I want to thank you for the time you have. What's your thoughts on the NBA today? Well, one of the things I will go back about Boston is we talked to Maxwell, so I had an altercation in Houston in game five. Well, I had a fight with Danny Ainge and Jerry Cecil because they, this they the were two little dirty drugs. Yeah, you said 86. Yeah, championship. They would come around and you, you know, they come around, they would hit you in, a, you know, private parts a little bit, whatever. And I had 15 points and 10 rebounds in the first quarter. So I was rolling. I said, you're going to beat us. You're going to beat us in Boston. You ain't going to beat us at home. Yeah. So I'm playing pretty well. A, a fight breaks out. So you see DJ got arrested. So it came trying to hit him in the head and they take it. So that, that was my two sisters on the inner court. So that was the fun part. And then I go to Boston and I get all these threats. And I didn't realize it until even Maxwell uh, helped me get through this later on it's okay great so they hung me an effigy on top of the boston garden with a noose and all this kind of stuff at that point in time and you can see i got pictures of it and you can see it and so they made them take it down so that was a memory as well in my mind as well but then going to the boston after that and then the nba today is that uh and i'm sure you was what everybody said could they play with us could we play with them well we damn sure could have played with can play with yeah, these guys today for sure i mean it would it'd be no no issue who plays defense like Michael Cooper? Not well, one person I can I mean, name in the NBA. Yeah. I can't name one off the yeah. top of my head. I mean, go end to end to play that hard and you know and 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 do the thing. I mean, how many three, how many threes would you a shot, you know, in today's game? I mean, even Man, if you can't shoot. It's a lot shoot, closer, Ralph. It's a lot closer now, the three-point line now than when we played. So it's a that's, that's what I'm saying. Now, that's, nobody then. nobody realizes that. Nobody yeah. realizes that. So yeah. I mean, Steph Curry is is different. We I get that. He worked his tail off. He's different. LeBron is can play as well. So some guys could play, but I watched the game the other, uh, the other day, and it was uh, Memphis and, and, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee got blew up by 40-some points. I'm like, okay, great. Well, we're shooting threes. So I think the, it's the evolution of the game. It's the evolution of, you know, TV. Um, I think some of the things, shooting threes is bad for the game of basketball total because the art form, you know, the down pick, pick and roll, you know, the go through all the art of the game is gone. I can just get the ball and shoot it and make a hundred million dollars. I mean, let's just think back how much money would you made or I made in the league just 
off one contract. I hey, mean, Ralph, that, that was my next question. How much money would you command this year in the league now? <laughs> well, they got this, they got this kid coming out named Victor over in London, a seven foot four, probably the next two point version of me. That said, that's maybe the, the new, first. That's the new kid, right? New okay. kid, new kid, yeah. He and whatever gonna be the number. Everybody climbing by the number one pick. And I said, okay, great. And he he could be the first hundred million dollar year player. Wow. I mean, okay, great. So if I was one point, I, was, I could, so I should have been a $50 million player a year. He's a hundred million dollar player. You know, I'm like, okay, great. So somebody owe me some money somewhere. Come on. Right. We all owe some money somewhere. It's crazy. Rob, what would you do with that much money, man? You couldn't spend that kind of money. I, I just wanted one year. And, you know, man, I don't need, I don't need five, it'd be one. It, it'd be, it'd be still in the bank like it is right now. Most of it would be still in the bank. But, sure. Okay, Ralph Sanders, we got you, baby. My last question for you, other than asking you about what you got going on, who is your GOAT? Now, you kind of mentioned some names before, but if you had to make your list of, say, the top five, give me your top five GOATs. Well, you know, Muhammad Ali created the GOAT, so uh, you're talking about it's a game of basketball. Uh, I mean, you know, you, it, no, it, but, only Ralph, you want to do it. Let's go on any sport, any sport, five, any sport. five, okay. any sports, go. So, so, so Muhammad Ali is a is a is the goat. Period. Okay. Um, That's one. Bill Russell. Bill Russell is the goat basketball. He he okay. just dominant basketball, right? Um, baseball, you know, Willie Mays and, and that group is the transcend. You know, Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays could be in that same category. Is is the goat in baseball? Hank Aaron, he's got a couple there, but I think Jackie Robinson, you know, and Willie made 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 that uh, known from that. So that's three. Um, Remember Roberto yeah, commit to too. Yeah, but so. you know okay. when you see Roberto, but yeah, I mean you know Jack and that whole deal. Yeah, I mean I I, I I was in California with the Padres over over the baseball and you know um, Jack and Willie was first there, but they you know they didn't have baseball pass in Mississippi, and then they now they got this guy out in, in San Diego. They go actually honor that was the first African American on on the, on, on the West Coast, but those three uh, for sure are, are ingrained in the fiber of the goat uh, itself. Um, then you can take it on to whatever sport you want. You know, Pele, you know, now you can see is it soccer. He trans into some stuff as well. Gretzky uh, and hockey. Gretzky and hockey. Uh, yeah, great. But somebody's got, uh, what's going to just mess with somebody has got uh, the 800 goals. So they kind of beaten uh, Gretzky at this point in time. So you can put the point what sport. There's a lot of people that's in that class. But I think Russell is the, 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 the goal to me basketball-wise. And Muhammad Ali is the, the main goat, you know, that that started this thing as well, because he had a demeanor. I, I, I met him, got the honor to meet him a couple of times. He would say, look, you know, I never, I never counted how many sit-ups I would do. I just did it till I was tired, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the things he went through in that era, man, come on, you know, it's, it's crazy because it goes today. You don't go through that type of stuff today, but you, you still got what we go through today. But they went through some stuff back in the day. And him being in Boston, too, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, it was crazy because um, last was it last year, year before what, last year, uh, Bill Russell and his wife they came from. You know, he gets inducted as a coach in the Hall of Fame. Like, okay, now he's eighty some years old. Now you're going to induct him as a coach. I mean, why couldn't you do that like a long time ago? Yeah, uh, you're inducted, but they drove from Seattle to Boston, and he came down through Virginia. We stay we stay here uh, in Harrisburg two or three days. You know, because I actually played with him when he was a GM in, in Sacramento. We mm -hmm. talked, and he was Bill Russell was still old doing his thing. He tells the stories about, you know, when I was in Boston and so forth and so on, and, and they, they would come in and break into my house and defecate in my house and whatever. And so he goes down to the sheriff. I said, I'm going to need a gun. 
but they, they wouldn't give him a gun. So he finally got a gun and told people I had a gun, whatever. So all that nonsense stopped, right? So anyway, he, what he went through was amazing. And then he drove down to Atlanta, with, hung out with Dominic and the crew, and they drove back to Seattle. So we had a relationship, and his wife, you know, called me when he was passing. And so they go, like, Bill, they love you. I said, you know, I love you guys. Anything I do, let me know. But the era today from yesterday, whatever, is totally different. But we got to remember that era for sure. At even time, you know, we played, young guys need to know kind of how this thing all started because they don't even understand or comprehend how they're making $50 million a year. And it's, I mean, and, and or why at this point, right? And the game is still, as you know, the game is so soft to me. I I, I watch, but I don't watch till after really, I don't really watch till after Christmas, you know? Yeah. Hey, Ralph, thank you for sharing that with me, man. I never knew that about Bill. I had heard some stories, but uh, thank you. That's a special one. Uh, Ralph Sampson, you've been wonderful, man. I love you so much. What you got going on? You want to talk about anything you got going on? Yeah, I got some damn, I'm doing some stuff in Major League Baseball. I went to the winter meeting, so that's going to come out pretty soon. Uh, you know, I have the family farm here. I have my basketball academy, and we have a, you know, a podcast network radio show as well. We got a restaurant in Charlottesville called Ralph Sampson American Tap House. My father said, Ralph Sampson. It didn't say Ralph Sampson Jr. It said Ralph Sampson. So it's it, I, it's my dad's name, whatever. So he kids me about that all the time. So we're trying to expand that brand with a Warren Hospitality, one of the largest African-American hospitality companies in the country. So we're trying to expand those type of things. But also we have a lot of give back in the community with scholarships. And my mom went to Virginia State. So we're trying to do some stuff there, doing stuff in our local community here. We're getting ready to partner with Lowe's. And I'll get with you on this one, trying to do Lowe's Home Improvement. They, they're giving a lot of money to do home improvement in hometown communities. So you know, we stay busy, as you know, we do stuff and, you know, whatever comes down the pike, you try to figure out to do it and make it work. Ralph, so if somebody want to get to you and uh, contribute or anything, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can just reach out to um, um, the Samson Family Foundation, uh, dot, dot org, uh and everything is on the Samson Family Foundation. Uh, we have a, a program called Just One that's for girls here in our community. My sister runs that, and we're doing that in scholarship at justone.com. So those are the two best ways to reach us. Ralph, keep on doing it, man. Keep on staying that community. That's what I tell players. Brother, I love you so much. My friend. No, you're back, man. You, you got to get a picture of Michael Cooper on the back. I know Cap and Magic were your boys, but I need a Michael Cooper lob going to that basket right over your left shoulder. So Ralph, get, get I, that done. When I have you on again, I'll have that back there for you. Much All right, love, good, my good. friend. Take care, Ralph. All right, baby. Thank Y'all you. Y'all take care. Okay.